So now what do I do? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Rick Dunham. Rick is the principal of Rick Dunham and Associates, as Rick provides fundraising consulting across the nation, sometimes with nonprofits working across the world. And Rick, we're so glad to have your wisdom and expertise back with us on the Fundraising Schools podcast. Thanks. Great to be here. Thank you. Now, we first engaged with you in 2020 when you were chairing the Giving Institute at that time, and the data came out for 2019, which showed 2019 was the second best year ever after adjusting for inflation. And you quite famously didn't predict, didn't guarantee, but said you wouldn't be surprised if 2020 turned out better than a lot of people expected and maybe even came close to or even matched 2019. Now, here at the Lilly Family School Philanthropy, we'll be releasing the 2020 data uh, on June 15th with the Giving Institute. But just anecdotally, Rick, did that happen? Did you see that happen as 2020 went along? Yeah, uh, probably three different data points on this. One, as you're probably aware, the Fundraising Effectiveness Project came out. Their database uh, looks at medium to small size nonprofits, and they saw around a 10%, 10.2% increase in giving uh, based on their data for 2020. Blackbot came out with their data and they're saying 2.1%. Of course, it's a different data set. And it's looking at uh, a number of larger organizations. What we found with our uh, clients was that 2020 uh, for the overwhelming majority was a banner year for them. Mm. Um, many of them set fundraising records both uh, for the entire year as well as for uh, specific fundraising events. So uh, yeah, I think 2020 uh, ended up being a very strong year for uh, many, many charities. Obviously, there's those that struggled uh, through the year, uh, certain sectors, but I think overall, it was pretty positive. Yeah, Rick, we don't want to minimize any of the pain that the nonprofit sector has felt or continues to feel. And sometimes that's an individual nonprofit. Sometimes it's a subsector. We know, for example, right. historically, the arts tend to struggle when the economy right. is in a downturn. Uh, so again, none of this is to minimize any of that pain. But I will share with you, as we've been teaching for the fundraising school in the first fourth of 2021, We've been hearing the same thing. When I ask, what's your biggest concern about 2021? The answer isn't, oh my gosh, the economy is still a struggle. There's so much uncertainty with the pandemic. The answer is 2020 was a banner year. So now what do I do? So Rick, now what do we do? I think, uh, first of all, uh, on the positive side, coming into 2021, I, there was a, a financial advisor that I work with that was talking about something around two, $2.1 trillion were put into savings between February of 2020 and December of 2020. And the savings rate has gone above 25%. So from a consumer point of view, and your donors are consumers, from a consumer point of view, uh, people obviously haven't been traveling as much. They've been, their lifestyle has been disrupted pretty dramatically. And the money that they normally would spend has been put away. What that says to me is that if you stay on message coming into 2021, things should be good for you because donors have discretionary income to be able to invest in your cause. So um, to me, I all I would be doing is making sure that I'm taking what I did in 2020 
if indeed it was successful in moving that into um, into 2021 and making sure that I'm giving my donors a reason to stay engaged. You know, your point about the savings is uh, so profound. Uh, the number I saw is something like a total now, after all that money shifted in 2020, of something like $4 trillion in U.S. savings accounts right now. Wow. Uh, and again, when it is first saved, it's still thought of as income because I'm going to tap into that because the economy is slow. The moment the economy improves, that becomes wealth. Uh, and now how am I giving out of my wealth? And it's something fundraisers certainly need to be aware of. Rick, let me ask you about stewardship. Let's say some of those donors in 2020 were new donors. We know that the advice always was stay in touch with your current donors, invite them to make a larger gift, a second gift, and, and so forth. But we know, especially maybe in some of our human service nonprofits, mm. they received a lot of first-time gifts. Does stewardship look anything different? Does the record keeping look anything different to think maybe that was just a one-time gift? Uh, you know, what advice do you have for folks who saw maybe some different types of donors and gifts uh, in 2020 because of the pandemic when they think about stewarding that relationship moving forward? That's a great question. Uh, I think there's a, a, some data going back in terms of uh, how donors respond to emergency disaster kind of situations. And I think more than anything, organizations that have acquired new donors, especially in human services, need to see that relationship is quite uh, tentative. And uh, we often say around here that when a donor gives you their first gift, they're not really a donor. They've just, it's an individual that's just decided to give you a gift and that you really don't have a bona fide donor until they've begun to give to you multiple times. That's when they become truly a supporter and a donor to the organization. So I think going into that relationship with the mentality that I've got a lot of work I need to do to steward that relationship well and to give them reason to want to continue to support. Another way we put it too would be uh, whatever that donor responded to, to uh, around your organization, think of it as the front door. They just came in the front door. Now, how do I actually take them on a bit of a tour and give them a better, visi better visibility in terms of what we represent as an organization that could cause them to want to continue to support uh, over time? I love that metaphor, not just greeting somebody at my front door, bring them into the home, give them a tour. Maybe we wind up on the back deck with a cold beverage and uh, just now as a guest, somebody who's with us and, and that we have a, a closer relationship with. Right. And in terms of staying in touch, Rick, so much happened digitally in 2020. Uh, just, you know, it was mandatory, you know, digital fundraising. Uh, what are you sharing with your clients or just what are your thoughts overall uh, on how that will continue or not in 2021 as different states, different health policy experts have different types of advice, depending on where we live in the United States or, or around the world? Uh, should the stewardship and cultivation be happening more and more in person? Are we going to be in this hybrid model? What, what do you think is uh, we're looking at here in 2021? Yeah, I think uh, 2020 shifted things permanently uh, towards a uh, to, towards more digital cultivation, uh, not um, completely replacing the in-person. Uh, I know organizations are, we're, we're working with, it's really being driven more by the donor preference. So uh, some donors uh, are very happy to meet in person and they want to meet in person, and that's been fine. But I'm still seeing a, a lot of cultivation and development being done vir uh, virtually. And what's interesting to me is that in 
uh, a little over 12 months, or around 12 months, we really have seen literally a sea change in how people uh, interact with and feel comfortable with virtual kind of meetings and uh, engagement. And I think that's a positive development because it, it allows organizations to be, I think, a bit um, more effective in the totality of the way that they cultivate a donor. So I, I, I think we're gonna be in this hybrid model, I personally believe permanently, and it'll probably ebb and flow depending on, uh, again, how the vaccines roll out and how people feel and where we, even I think a year from now, we'll still see this hybrid. Rick Dunham is the principal of Dunham and Associates, bringing us so much great wisdom on how do we follow up on 2020, especially if we were one of those nonprofits that had a wonderfully successful 2020 in fundraising, and now we're shifting into 2021. And Rick offering great advice today on you know how we steward our donors continually, maybe think a little bit differently about those first-time donors from 2020. Uh, and then, of course, the importance of now we're in this hybrid model that very likely is going to continue moving forward. We touch on this information in our courses at the Fundraising School. We have our public courses. Uh, they're in person in Indianapolis. And again, as those health codes and guidelines continue to change, we're going in person in more cities across the United States. But we will stay hybrid as we will have courses asynchronous, meaning recorded, or synchronous, meaning live, all in the virtual element. And we still have our crisis response scholarship that allows you to reduce the price of registration by 50%. Now we can bring custom training to your organization. Yes, in person, if that's okay with you, or we can do that digitally as well. Uh, and we can do that for your association, your region, custom training from the fundraising school alongside these free podcasts and our quarterly webinars, all available online at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Our producer today is Jennifer Boffman with Rick Dunham. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Thank you.